0: watching the wireless this is the watching the wireless podcast and i am joined via zoom by michelle durant thank you very much for joining us um michelle tell me um how do you fit into the radio industry
1: um so i help look after chelmsford community radio i'm a a volunteer uh, mostly but i help keep the station running i do a little bit of training i i help out with our volunteers i present and produce bits and pieces here and there
0: there is a lot isn't there in that i mean is there much call for training at the moment, are you getting many new volunteers through the door because of the pandemic?
1: Yes, uh, we we have got a few queries coming in, and I think it's people that are wanting to join once restrictions are lifted. Uh, we do have a couple of new people that have come in during the pandemic, and some of them have done radio before, so we. We don't need to do too much training with them on that sense. But every station has a different way of operating. So it's more getting them used to our way rather than what they've been used to previously.
0: Yeah. that I mean, every station is different. I mean, how long have you been involved in this station?
1: I have been with Chelmsford Community Radio for seven years and before that, I was at Gateway over in Basildon, Gateway FM. I've been doing radio since I was 15. So it's coming up for 30 years this summer, which is kind of a scary thought.
0: That is, isn't it? But I'm sure there are lots of people out there that uh, that share your um, joy and your pain at such a yes. uh, reveal. I mean, at the moment, I mean, we mentioned the pandemic just a moment ago. How has that affected, apart from the volunteers, of course, how has that affected uh, the current running day-to-day of the, the station?
1: So lockdown, I think, took everyone by surprise. Lockdown won. Uh, nobody could have foreseen that it was going to happen. Um, a lot of our volunteers, they turn up, they do their show, they go home again. That That's kind of how it has been before the pandemic and then as soon as they said no one can come into the studio and do live shows we're like ah and I my workload went up a bit because I was trying to help other people that that's what I like doing I like helping people so suddenly I'm running some training sessions on how to make content at home I'm helping people put together what they've done, tidying up their shows, doing a little bit of editing here and there, getting their content into our playout log so that we were still doing shows. That, that's kind of what happened. And it's eased off now. People are now used to what they're doing. And, and we've got a lot of people producing their own stuff at home without, well, without too much support. So that's lovely.
0: I can imagine, though, that was quite a learning curve, especially for those who perhaps were used to just coming in and not being involved in anything particularly technical.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. And not everybody had microphones and recorders at home either. And so it's we, have, we did have a supply of little portable recorders. But when the lockdown happened, I drove around to people's homes and I sort of distancely um handed over equipment to them so that they could actually carry on and we we get more shows out.
0: And this will all be equipment owned by the station. So presumably when everything goes back to a relative normal, if it hasn't already in some way because of new things that have come into place, then you'll get all that equipment back.
1: Um yeah, I I, I hope so. Um uh, we we owned two portable TASCAM recorders. And I owned another two, so three have gone out. One I'm hanging on to for projects that I need to do. I've also got um, another plug-in microphone that, other than the one I'm using. And that's gone out as well, so people can record.
0: It sounds like it kept the station on the air. I mean, how different did the station sound during this period of finding new ways of of um, getting content onto the air,
1: um, yeah, it's it's been because they wouldn't have had the access to the music library initially, so it it had it was quite different. They uh, they also had the sound of recording from home, where you've got people in environments that haven't got all the the dampening around them. You've got people recording in their living rooms, people in their bedrooms, trying to sit under a duvet or a coat. The, the sound is different. Um, it's got better. The The volunteers have, have learned an awful lot and I think that they've improved greatly since they first started the first few weeks. Um, yeah, they they definitely sound a lot better now.
0: It sounds like they, they gained uh, a sense of confidence beyond their surroundings
1: yeah yeah definitely and I, I that's why I'm i am here to help them and guide them as much as I can and the rest is down to them really
0: yeah I mean as, as somebody that trains other people to kind of do this do you ever get kind of critiqued about your own shows because presumably you do your own shows on the air as well as helping others to um, have that opportunity
1: yes I I know that my shows aren't the best shows in the world ever um what I get out of doing the shows is 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 a sense of fun and trying to do good and provide information to the listeners I like putting in interviews and things that's the community engagement angle that I like about the shows I listen back I criticize my own shows um that's that's what you're supposed to do, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I, I get people offering feedback to me as well. And it's it's useful. It's, you know, you, you want to do a good job, the best job you can possibly do and sound enjoyable to others.
0: And as a volunteer, you know, it, it sounds as though you have a real commitment to it. I mean, you uh, you mentioned there that you've done interviews in the past is that something that you initially I know you say you've been doing it for a long time but did you initially find that quite you know daunting
1: yes I did um, I was quite nervous about doing interviews when I first started I do remember there was um there was an actor performing at a local theatre and I went along with my little mini disc recorder back in the day and I said oh I'm, I'm not a professional interviewer and he's going oh that's all right and I, I muddled my way through and it didn't sound too bad I was quite pleased with it and things have got better I've, I've done some real amazing interviews with people some of them I'm really proud of um the 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 biggest celebrity I've I've interviewed was uh, Warwick Davis um absolutely lovely lovely chap really really nice easy to talk to and I was really proud of of the questions that I asked him as well I, th- I think that was that was lovely um but I'd I'd love talking to people I, I talk for England and I get told to shut up a lot so it's yeah I mean interviews now I'm I'm fine with I'm fine
0: and I can imagine that during this current time uh, you've had to do a lot more of them.
1: Yes. Um, well, we we need to keep people informed, really, don't we? So, I try, I do try and get at least one interview on breakfast um, every day that I'm on. I I follow a lot of the social media in Chelmsford and try and formulate ideas on who to talk to. We get press releases come through as well. Uh, anything that's relevant to Chelmsford is what we're really interested in. So if you've got someone making um, making up uh, masks and things to hand out to people, key workers, people trying to get toiletries to hand out to staff in care homes, things like that, uh, then we, we, we kind of get that message out. It, it is important
0: which is the job of community radio. I mean, how long, um, how, how many times do you kind of have that feeling of maybe being fed up of doing it?
1: Um, I, I don't, I don't get fed up with, with doing it. I it's radio. It's, it's everything to me. It's, it's kind of, I've, I've given up everything else to do this and, um I'm, I'm i'm happy doing it i i i get tired i mean everyone goes through ups and downs emotionally but i'm not fed up with doing doing the radio and doing the interviews i i i really do love doing it i think my my friends and family get fed up with me doing it but i don't
0: i think we can all relate um to that i mean we were talking beforehand about obviously we're doing this over zoom And the rise of of Zoom and other platforms has been massive. And we both kind of showed an interest in Clean Feed, which has really been the radio presenter's friend during this time.
1: Yes. Yeah, I do like trying out Clean Feed. I find that it's a really good quality platform to record on. Sometimes it's a bit hit and miss with the connections and the levels, but it, it has uh, helped me out quite a few times and I've I like the way that you can split your um, your feed as well so you can record yourself on one channel and someone else on another channel. It, it's come in handy when I've wanted to add sound effects to, to uh, my voice when I've been doing a, uh, a funny interview.
0: So like reverb and, and things like that.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, just before Christmas, we did a pantomime and I played the villain. So we had um, one character interviewing another character. And for that, I added some reverb and and um, a few other bits and pieces to the voice to make it sound a little bit creepy.
0: That is excellent. I mean, how long did that take to put together? Like, tell us about that. That's an interesting idea.
1: The the Panto yeah um, so it's the second Panto we've done as a station. The first year I wrote the bulk bulk of the script for Aladdin, and we set it in Chelmsford. We've got a, a lot of history in Chelmsford relating to radio broadcasting, and so we sort of weaved that into the storyline. And we've got a uh, we've got a, a, a water tower on the site of the Marconi factory and so we didn't have a magic lamp we had a magic microphone in the old abandoned water tower <laughs> um and the genie of the mic appeared which was good fun um this year my one of my fellow presenters wrote the bulk of the script and then I went through it and tweaked it a bit and we had uh Camelot and again we we, we embrace the local landmarks in it so we had um in Camelot you've You've got the Lady of the Lake, but our Lady of the Lake was based in the local swimming pool, and, and yeah, so the the villain of the piece was in the um, secret lair, which is underneath uh, one of the local sort of tourist attractions called Highland's House, and that worked really, really nicely. Uh, it takes it takes a good few months of planning because you've got to start off with a concept and an idea of where the plot's going to go, how you're going to tie in all the local bits, and who's going to play the characters as well. Sometimes you write a part with a particular volunteer in mind, so you you take on board things that they do. And then you've got to sit down, you've got to cast it as well. Uh, this year, well, 2020, I should say, recording online every single part had to be recorded separately because we couldn't meet so that was a massive challenge because you've got to deal with the the quality of recording as well and uh, you've got to try and add on the sound effects to each actor's voice so it makes it sound like they're where they should be rather than recording in their bathroom um, that sort of thing so it, it took months and I think I managed to finish editing it a week before it was due to go out because one of my volunteers was really slow in recording their lines. So it was just everything else was in place. We are just waiting for this one person and then I could fit the jigsaw together. But it, it, was, it was so much fun to do and we were all really, really proud of how it sounded at the end.
0: I do feel your pain, because as someone who has done audio drama with mm. people um, outside of your own house, as it were, but not able to meet, it's a very difficult process, because you're having to judge timing and all this other thing. I mean, I assume that you didn't do it in a live way online, it was all separate lines.
1: Yeah, it was the only way we could we could work around that. We had so many... Um so many different people. There's like 20 people in the cast. It was just wasn't possible to record everyone at the same time. Uh, we also had a character played by children who shared the character where we've got children in a night suit pretending to be one night and they had to have their voices overlaid. So that was interesting.
0: I mean, this sounds like a a magnificent production, a lot of work (laughs) for for you doing that editing. I mean, in the context of the entire station day to day, is that kind Mm. of content usual or is it just a once a year thing?
1: Um, We don't. Yeah, it, it was just because it's Christmas. We did a dual broadcast with the hospital radio station. And we came up with some special programs that would sound great on Christmas Day. We worked with uh, organizations. We had the the Essex farmers doing a drive in um, carol service and they recorded their what they did. And I had a guy from their organization running around interviewing people and then we just sort of added that as as an after midnight thing that sounded absolutely lovely we had another choir doing some recording and they sent us their their work uh it's it I mean things like Christmas you've got to have special occasion stuff that fit in and um I was particularly proud where we supported our local mayor with her charity fundraising and we gave her the advent calendar feature and we had businesses sponsor each day and we raised over a thousand pounds for her.
0: I mean it's it's all amazing. And the thing is the context, um putting in the context of right now, all of these things are um well above and beyond. I mean, you must have had to have socially distance when doing some of this stuff and and other things that, that come into play.
1: Yeah. Um a lot of our content, all the interviews are recorded remotely or um, we we do have a phone line in the studio, so we have people calling in to the studio, and uh, then because we can't actually meet these people to do recordings, so it all has to be done remotely. Uh, the businesses we were very lucky because behind each door of the advent calendar, we had a message from a business, and they recorded that themselves and sent us the file, and I, I just you know, it was great.
0: I've heard that done on many stations, but it does sound like you guys went above and beyond, certainly for, for Christmas time. I mean, how are you like right this second? I mean, as we record this, uh, you've just done your breakfast show. And of course, we're a little bit of the way into the year now. How are things looking for you and the station?
1: yeah it's it's very promising we've got some new people coming in new shows starting and it's it's kind of like with the the pandemic we're still locked down at the moment but there is a light at the end of the tunnel and lots of people looking forward to being able to move around freely again uh, in the future um but yeah, we, we, we have got some nice things happening. We've got some projects in the pipeline that are really exciting for us to do. Um, and some new partnerships as well, new shows coming on board from local organisations. We're, we're particularly proud of the Civic Society. They've got a show once a month. They're talking about history and things of, of like local interest and then we've got the Music Man Projects, who are a Essex-based charity working with people with special needs and they do like music education so that they're, they're creating music they're actually all doing that remotely but they they've made a show and that's going out once a month and it sounds amazing
0: and uh, it does actually yeah I, I will have to check that out when it goes I mean Um, you've been involved in this station for a long time has shows from um, organizations like that been a regular thing the whole way through or is that a fairly recent thing?
1: Yeah we've we've had um, so we we allocate um, Sunday mornings 10 till 12 as a community slot and the idea has always been that the there, there would be a number of organisations that would share that slot and do a monthly show. We've got the Girl Guides show, Genie Radio, that comes in on the first Sunday of the month. And then the second Sunday of the month, we've now got the Music Man Project. And the third Sunday, we've got the Rotarians, local Rotary groups, doing a roundup of things that they're working on. Uh, the fourth Sunday, we've got plans in the pipeline for that as well, so that's that's quite exciting. And then we've got um, we've just moved over from Tuesdays to Thursdays, and there's another slot, uh, an hour on a on the Thursday, seven till eight. Uh, so that's where the civic society come in. We'll we'll be starting off with the Essex Book Festival team, and the Science and Engineering Society as well. So those those shows it's it's a platform for those groups to tell people what they're doing and it raises awareness there there's a lot of uh, the, the the civic society are trying to attract new people and um more like younger people involved and same for the science and engineering society we want to have a broad age group joining these organizations and having their own radio show is a way of of Sort of letting people know what's going on, and encouraging those new people to sign up.
0: Definitely, uh, I think it's it's a great platform, and it's one that I hope continues um, for many years. I mean, what what I'm hearing here is amazing. I'm I'm always very um, happy to hear that community radio is being done in in a way that benefits its community uh, which is fantastic but obviously uh looking forward where do you think the station and perhaps even yourself is going to go next
1: um well hopefully where we will the restrictions um are lifted then i would like to um progress further with our under 18s program takeover and have organization working with me on that so we, we tend to tr- train an under 18 on our drive time show. We've seen quite a few youngsters come through the doors and then go on to a career in radio, which is absolutely amazing. And that's kind of where I, I want to be. I want to be focusing on, on our under 18s more and yeah, just setting up our takeover program in a way that's sustainable. And then the station, more more community interactions, and us getting out there again would be lovely. Uh, that's something that we all miss. It, one of the things about um, little radio stations like ours is actually going out and doing things in the community. So more workshops and also events. So turning up and doing little road shows and and um, you know setting up a little. Um, trucking the high street and playing some songs and talking to people walking by that sort of thing um i that's what i want to see where we're sort of back in the community again and uh, showing our faces rather than just hearing us
0: well i I hope that you do get to do that sooner rather than later i mean it's um it's been wonderful to talk to you about this now before we um before i let you go give your show a plug, like what shows are you doing right now?
1: Okay, so I am on The Breakfast Show on Chelmsford Community Radio on Wednesdays, Thursdays and Fridays from half seven till ten.
0: Excellent. And um, is, how far reach is the radio station in terms of its, um, you know, uh, being on the air?
1: so we we are um we're on fm 104.4 fm in chelmsford so we've got a a a radius of of going just outside the city on fm and we're also online com, and uh, we've got quite a few listeners and we're very proud of that
0: well i i do wish you and the rest of the team there all the best and like to say michelle thank you very much for appearing on the podcast today
1: You're welcome.
0: Watching The Wireless, a podcast about radio with Jamie Dyer.